0: Yes, sir. We are live on the Coach Cool podcast. Happy Friday to everybody. And welcome to episode number 123, where we are doing something for the first time. We are kicking it back to a previous Friday discussion that we did back in December with my boy, Mr. Nico Palazzetti. And I was listening to this conversation this past Monday and I was loving what he had to say, um, his perspectives on a couple of different ideas that I was presenting. And I just think it's very relevant, the things that we were talking about um, at this point in time with everything that's going on right now. Um, and above all else, the positivity that he brings to the table, the energy, it just shines through when you hear him speak. And I think we need a little bit of that as well right now, too. So um, again, welcome to the Coach Cool Podcast. So happy you guys are tuning in. Thank you for that. And welcome to episode 123 with my boy, Mr. Nico Palazzetti. Let's get it, y'all. All right, Joe. it is time to kick this conversation off and I could not be more excited to have this guy on the line with me today um, to share some insights with you because I spent the whole 2018 year with this guy and the amount of stuff that I learned in that year, um, not many people get to learn in I feel like 20 years. So to get him on the line today and hear his perspectives and again, his insights and what he has going on and different processes and things that he has learned along the way, I think is going to mean a lot to a lot of people and the value that it's going to bring is going to be immense. So without further ado, it is my honor. It is my privilege. And it's my joy to welcome Coach Nico Palazzetti to the conversation today. Neeks, thanks for taking the time, brother. I appreciate you. Um fresh off the uh 2019 Big Ten Championship <laughs> game. Congratulations, dude. And again, thanks for taking the time.
1: Yeah, humble, man. Humble, John. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk shop.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, we're recording this thing. It's gonna be posted on Friday, but a couple days um after that big 10 championship game so um just real quick what was that like on tv it was banging it was bumping rough first half you guys obviously rallied in the second one there and got the job done so what was it like to be on the field and um head spinning i'm sure
1: yeah man it was it was it was a really exciting experience and uh i think i think overall as a game experience it was one of the more special ones we've had this year just because the adversity we faced yeah. you know um um all season long we've been kind of cruising and you know it's great but we got punched in the mouth in the first half and and to see how our guys responded and and as a coach it was an incredibly proud moment because it was it was player led so we got in at halftime and the players really took the initiative to lead and and you could tell how much it meant to everyone in the program and especially the players based on the sacrifice that they had and um you you know you, you see guys speak and you you hear guys and how much they want it and you know there was no doubt in my mind that we come out and come out swinging it, you know at the least. And, and that was definitely what happened. So it was, it was really exciting. It was a really fun, exciting game experience. And, and just the way our guys rallied and overcome the adversity of the first half was really, really, it was really exciting to be a part
0: of. No question. I think that's been a question mark too, is just, you know, how are going to respond when somebody comes at them a little bit and they most certainly did uh, respond. No question about that. And we'll kind of get back to the Ohio state stuff here in a little bit neat, but I want to start back mm-hmm. to kind of your start a little bit um, born and raised Northville Michigan Catholic Central High School Um, could talk about those days forever but I want to start with your playing career at Michigan State Um, was a fullback there some kids listening might have absolutely no idea what a fullback is um, (laughs) because of the way things are going right now offensively speaking um, at every rank um, of the football spectrum but um, if you could talk about your playing career just a little bit of Michigan State what it meant to kind of get a scholarship to that um, premier program and um, what your experience was like, and the things that you learned during those um, three years, I think would be a fantastic place to start.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, well, I, I was blessed enough to be recruited to play fullback, uh, which, you know, I, it was an incredible blessing in itself. I mean, yeah. if, if that's not a sign, if that's not a sign from God that you're meant to be <laughs> somewhere. That I don't know what is. Uh, uh, but yeah, I was incredibly blessed to, to uh, you know, attend Michigan State on scholarship and you know, I, I my freshman year, my, my sophomore year, played some special teams and I kind of rotated in situations and, you know, earned a letter, but didn't, didn't contribute a whole lot. And then, uh, my redshirt sophomore year, uh, was bust enough to start. And I, I, uh, had chronic neck injuries the whole year. And so kind of, um, kind of, uh, you know, you know, pushed aside my playing career for it for a year and it was, it was incredibly hard, a lot of adversity. And, um, and then I was actually told the news that I might not be able to come back because of my neck injury. Right. So that was super tough. Yeah. And then um, I ended up trying to come back, played through that spring, and then the following fall, so the fall '13, I, I attended camp, and then I ended up suffering a neck injury that that ended my playing career. So yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty much playing career-wise. That was that yeah. was it.
0: Yeah, but. No, you know, I, I think the coolest thing is the ups and downs of the whole situation. And obviously when you're in that moment, you're not seeing it like this, but you went through all those ups and those downs. And of course there were hard times, there were good times, what have you. Um, but you kind of came on the other side and the blessing that kind of came on the other side is remarkable. And again, we'll get to that in a second, but I want to ask you this, Nick, um, played football pretty much your entire life. Um, it's all you did. Yep. It's kind of all you knew, um, and that got rattled a little bit. You get these neck injuries. You can't play. You're bouncing in and out. Again, things are going up and down. Um, so I don't want to call it um, sort of an identity crisis. But again, football is such a big part of your life. And now, um, you know, not really anything that you did to it, but like it was just injuries. You can't really control that stuff. So how did you deal with that situation and kind of um, not re-identifying yourself, but just finding different avenues to kind of put your faith in and, and, and put your priority in and just what, what was that whole process like?
1: yeah i think that's a really good question because i think everyone faces that it's all athletes really face that and a lot of people right. that put their identity in something that's that's not really you know foundational based and and the unfortunate thing is with, with playing football is people perceive you as that and then you you really perceive yourself as that as well because if that's that's what you know that's what you talk about that's how you associate with people and that's how you identify yeah. yourself and um when when anyone's playing careers done uh you go through that. Mine just happened to be very, um, very like acute. It was, it it came, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't emotionally ready for it. And so when it happened, it feels like part of your identity is literally getting ripped away from you. And so it kind of, it makes you, it makes you, it makes you have to reconsider who you are, uh, what you stand for, why you do the things you do. And, and it's a really hard, but it's a really eye-opening experience because it, it really forces you to kind of, to kind of return to, to the person you, you you wanna be and then go from there and then have to really re, reconfirm is it football that made me gave me my worth or is it is it is it who I am and yeah. the relationships I have yeah. and my faith and who who am I really and then and then from there kind of reconfirms it. And I think that's a that's a
0: issue that everyone really goes through. Anyone For that's sure. super
1: passionate in what they do, For they sure. all everyone probably goes through that experience.
0: Yeah, no question about that. And I think it makes it that much harder, though, when you still are. Um, I think the possibility could still be that you are playing. So that's why it's so remarkable to me how you kind of made this transition that I want to ask you about next. So the injury occurs. They say you can't play anymore. Now you're kind of stuck in this limbo, um, and you turn to the condition. You turn to coaching. um, But I think the story in in terms of how that kind of came to fruition with Coach Mann and stuff like that, I think that's such a cool and profound and, like, kind of like you've said before, almost like a message from God, how that transition kind of took place. So, if you could touch on that and share that story a little bit, um, I think the value in that is going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, I, I injured my neck. I went home, um, kind of collected my thoughts, talked to my family, and then I returned to Michigan State. And my biggest fear was kind of being shelved, kind of being put away, kind of put in a back room and not being able to kind of contribute to the team. And so for me, it was, it was, how can I provide value? And I didn't really know what it meant, but I just know I wanted to provide value. Yep. And so I, uh, I met with um, Coach Antonio and, and he was incredibly gracious. And he told me, um, you know, I, I told him my decision to medically uh, disqualify and he obviously supported it and he knew that was really a decision I could make just based on the, the health of my neck. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I just told him coach, I'm going to contribute. I want to contribute. I don't know how but I want to be used. And I want to be using on a powerful that and impact players. And so he's yeah. he kind of like, you know gives me some ideas and I'm like, you know, maybe the weight room. And yeah, yeah, maybe the weight room. And um, and so I was always passionate about lifting weights. So I kind of stumble into the weight room and yeah. um, um uh coach Manny, our head strength and conditioning coach, is sitting there on the exercise bike and he barks at me, he goes, What are you what are you doing? And you know, I go, Coach, you know, I just, you know, just want to, you know, kind of talk to you and he goes, No, we gotta we got a weight group, and and uh, fifteen minutes. You're coaching Nick. Let's go. <laughs> and so, for 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 me, it was it was it was incredible. It was an incredible blessing because all of a sudden, I was coaching Nick. He threw me in the fire and and, and he trusted me to, to to take that opportunity and went with it. And in the first week of doing it, I absolutely fell in love with it. And it yeah. was it was it was it was really it was a really exciting fun moment in my lifetime in my life, really
0: for sure. For sure. And if anyone that knows coach Manny, that's exactly the type of response you probably expect from him. And it's just like, Nope, you know, you're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We're getting back on the horse and we're going, we're going, we're going, we don't got time for that. And he obviously provided that platform for you, which is incredible. Now, Nick, how, how long is it then at Michigan state that you were doing that, that stuff? Was that two years? Is that correct?
1: So, yeah. So I, I, I interned for a year, I entered for a year and then I, I ended up graduating. So I, I didn't finish up my undergrad graduated for, um, in a, in a year and then from there i was asked to uh be a graduate assistant so i started my graduate assistantship and i did that for a year so i was there for got it in that coaching role for two years
0: got it understood okay and this is something that's always an enemy i think it's really cool so you are a college student still you still want to go out and do your thing now you're in a coaching situation and you kind of have these two different worlds clashing um which is a whole different thing but i think even above that is you are the same age one one you've played on the same team as everybody that you're coaching to the same age. And now you're putting into a coaching role. You have to kind of have the respect of those players now and not coming from a 40 or 50 year old dude, but someone that's the same age you played it it's your boys, whatever. So my question to you is this, how did you go about kind of gaining the respect? You obviously already had it from your teammates as a player and as a workhorse, but now as a coach. That transition and kind of how, how, what was your mindset and perspective in, in attacking that process? I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about that.
1: I was probably too naive and too uh, passionate to even consider that. I really yes. didn't even think about it. I was probably too stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I just, I, I, I think guys recognize my passion for it and they always knew that my passion for the weight room and they always knew how much, how seriously I took all my training. Yeah. And so, um from one day lifting with them to the next day telling them how to help <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and kind of uh, relaying some of my passion for training onto them, I think it was a really natural progression. And uh, apparently it was natural enough or no one really questioned it. I didn't right. really question it. The players didn't really question it. And it was, it was really cool. So I, I would think of the twofold would be passion of what you're doing. Yeah. like it, People can feel passion and authenticity, and, and they, they align themselves with it. And really what people want is they want to be helped. And so right. if you can provide the competency and the passion to help someone, I think people are accepting that hundred percent and no one. And that just shows the maturity of the team. We had no one better than an eye. Everyone just said, yes, sir. And they started, started doing what I was coaching them to do. And it, it was, it was a really natural, easy progression.
0: Yeah. And I think you made a fantastic point too, is the authentic, authenticity piece. Excuse me, because again, one of the most genuine people that I know, and I think this goes, I think this is an awesome lesson to kind of learn for everybody out there is Nico didn't know. And again, this is just my perspective. Nico didn't know that he's not going to be able to play football anymore. And now he's going to become a coach. He didn't know any of this, but because of who he was on the front end during his playing career, how he kind of handled himself off the field, whatever, he gained the respect of his people before that. So then he stepped into a different realm. And again, people didn't bat an eye, not just because of of a chance of a Nick, but it's because of how you operated beforehand. And also, like you said, the authenticity and three, you obviously know you're talking about. So I think the perfect mesh and storm of all of those things is what allows you to find that result in the end. Um, and again, I know I'm floating your boat, but that's the reality the situation. And you ask anybody because of who you are and how you carry yourself. And that, and that's just, I think that's how everybody should carry themselves. It's just with respect and with honor and with hard work. And if you can do that, then more times than not, in my opinion, things are going to fall into place for you and not just fall into place, but because of that very reason. So, um, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but that's my perspective on it. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think, A, that's very humbling uh, yep. that you said that. But, uh, B, I, yeah, I, I do think there's some, there's definitely truth to that. It's like, it's, I think it's that three-peg three that thing we're talking about where it's that passion, it's that competency, and it's that authenticity. And yep. if you can if you can relay that in your daily life, you can relay that how you live, then opportunities often are kind of presented to you. and I, and, and it's almost like, by you living your truth, by you living as authentic as possible, often the best case scenarios kind of turn up. Right? Maybe, that, maybe that's fate, maybe that's opportunity, but really those, those, those chances kind of present themselves to you. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the best case scenario really is just you just live your authentic life. You live, you live a life of discipline and, 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 and um, kind of your own truth, I guess, and, and get things really kind of become a result.
0: Yep. No, that's perfect. Exactly right. Got to live your truth and take self-awareness to know that. But at the end of the day, if you can do that, um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Things are going to find you. No question about it. Um, okay, so kind of taking the next step here, Nikki. Intern for a year, your GA for a year. Um, a new transition period is now taking place. You're kind of looking for a next gig, and Mississippi State University pops up, Starkville, Mississippi. Here I come. Here comes Nico. Here I, you know, Michigan boy, Midwest guy. Now I'm heading down to Starkville, Mississippi. Talk about that experience because I know that's not just like going from, you know, Michigan State to Ohio State. That's a whole different culture, that's a whole different part of the country. Um, so again, not too much detail, only there for a year, but. Um, I wanted to touch on that because I think that was a big formative time in your life, and also a big culture shock, maybe as well.
1: Oh my gosh, it was about as big of a culture shock as you could possibly ever imagine. <laughs> you know, my my fiance at the time, we, we drive down fourteen hours to from Mississippi, and it was about as foreign as you could possibly get, both um, culturally and comfort wise, just because we didn't know anybody. Yeah, we were living by ourselves. We were newly engaged, and we just went for it, and. Probably once again too ignorant to know any better, but we just did it, and it was it was an incredible opportunity, and and especially coaching down there because coaching down there you're coaching a coaching a group of group of young men that are just different, you know they're they're different, they respond to different things, and sure. and um you have to kind of prove to them that you're worthy of following, and like at Michigan State it was obviously easier because they had known me, they had known where I was coming right. from, they right. knew they right. knew where my heart was at, whereas I have to go down there now I have to prove myself that a I am someone worth following and B that I do know what I'm talking about. And that is, that is a much more challenging opportunity. So it was, it was an incredible experience. It it pushed me outside my comfort zone about as far as I could possibly be pushed.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. I remember talking to you a few times and you're down there and you're like, dude, you have no idea. You know, <laughs> like, I can't even explain, I can't even put it into words and you're still doing it. I'm still trying to picture it, like, damn, like I don't even know. Um, <laughs> But to me, that's so cool. Cause again, it's outside your comfort zone. That's how you grow. It's how you learn. You took a chance on yourself. Yeah. You didn't know anything about it. You're just like, screw it. And I talk about that stuff every single week on this podcast. It's like, you just got to go do it. Like whatever, bet on yourself. Like I know who I am. I know what I stand on. Like let's go let it rip and see what happens. And, um, you know, again, challenging and different, uh, but beneficial in the end because, you know, good dude. And you know what you're talking about and it worked out. So, um, Man. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Okay. So spend a year at Mississippi state, awesome sec ball. Um, then you went and spend a year at Maryland. Awesome gig there as well. And then, um, Ohio state pops up one of the most premier programs, um, in the entire country. I'm sure that was kind of a surreal, um, phone call. I don't even know how that kind of came to fruition for you, but, um, even the possibility of going to a place like that, um, and also kind of getting your foot in the door, what was that step like? It, 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 what was kind of the feeling at the time with that? And, and how did that all transpire?
1: Um, I had, uh, received a phone call, um, from a, a mutual coach asking if I'd be interested in, in, you know, potentially, um, working at Ohio state for coach Mickey Marotti. And, yeah, yeah. um, to be honest, I, I, I didn't really know cause I, we had just moved. We had just gotten married. My, uh, my now wife and I, and, you know, we had moved two times in a year. And so I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I called my wife, and she automatically goes, "No, we're going. It's an incredible <laughs> opportunity. We're going." And so that just shows you the the, the type of character of my wife. Uh, um, but so she she said that so strongly that it made me just really reevaluate. And So yep. I uh, I called the contact back, and I said, you know, Coach, absolutely, I'd be interested. And then uh, Coach Mickey Murati called me uh, a couple of days later, and um, you know, it was it was an incredibly humbling experience because. You know, you, you, I remember when I was younger, I would read muscle fitness magazine and coach Nick's <laughs> articles I would read. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing with a guy who, who I used to look, aspire to. And then yeah. all of a sudden he, you know, I get, I'm interviewing and he goes, uh, do you have any, you know, he asked me some real brief questions and he goes, do you have any questions for me? do you have, do I have any questions for you? Like that's hard. How much, how much time you got, man? Like, let's go. Like, it's an incredible experience. I don't care if you hire me or not. Can I steal 30 minutes of your time? Like it's incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's perfect. I love it. Um, so you get there in what was it? was the, was it the spring of 2017? Is that correct? The spring or summer?
1: January, January, of 2017,
0: January. Okay. Yeah. Um, January. So your first step on the scene, Ohio State Buckeyes uh football program, one of the most storied programs again in the country um, first impressions, maybe the first thing that you learned initially when you first got there um what were those first kind of couple of days, weeks, months, even year like in terms of again making that transition a new environment, a new situation um what was that like for you
1: the, the first the first thought I had was how elite everyone was at their job got it so. Uh, the amount of skill at Ohio State was, was incredible as far as at every department. So the compliance team, the media team, the graphics team, the the facility team, the administration, all the coaches, everyone's so elite at their job. And so that that took me back. Like everyone is all in, everyone's on the same page, everyone has the same alignment. So for that was a really cool eye-opening experience to be really surrounded by the best people at what they do in the country. And then two would be the um, the urgency and the pressure. And so we kind of had a saying, it's fourth and inches every day. And so every yeah. day it's, it's you have to bring your very best every single day. And Ohio state did a fantastic job, probably headed by coach Meyer that, that every day is a fourth and inches mentality and you have to be at your best every single day. And you have to be able to elicit change and elicit, drive the culture every single day. And so, right. That that experience. Of, there's no bad day. There's no, you know, comfort zone. It's fourth and inches every day, and that was a that was, that was a kind of an adjustment. Not that I didn't operate that way, but it was to, for sure. to, to have that demanded of you is a whole different level.
0: For sure, for sure. No, I completely get that. And you think you maybe you hold yourself to that standard, but now that quite literally is the standard, not only internally yeah. but externally, and like probably the combination of those two things, the pressure you put on yourself, the pressure you get from other people, like wow, like that's that's something. And I want to touch on Mm -hmm. um, not even just in terms of Ohio State, but a strength coach in general, which I think to the outside eye, people don't really understand the complexity. And not even the complexity, but just the demand and the time that it takes and just the overall demands of that job. Um, People don't – like, you know, sometimes it's a 4.30 a.m. to, you know, God only knows what time in the p.m. for weeks and months and and years on end. So, like, my question to you, Nick, the next question will be this – Is how, with that schedule, obviously very demanding at work, whatever, um, how do you personally kind of stay afloat in terms of keeping things balanced? I know balance really isn't the right word, but kind of keeping your head above water, keeping proper perspective on life and things in general, like whatever. Like, how do you go about that? Because I know there's a lot of people out there, it's not saying conditioning, but it's their sales job or you know yeah. they're an athlete or they're in high school and, and they have school and they have sport and they're the same situation. So, like, how do you go about even trying um, to keep your sanity throughout that entire year with a schedule like that?
1: Um, that's a great question, John. I, I kind of learned this at a really young age, right? even when I was GA-ing. It's, I would GA, you know, I was doing all my classes. I would program for a bunch of different teams. And then I would have to be up at, you know, 3.40 a.m. and yeah. And I was just burning the candles at both ends, man. I never gave myself any break. I almost had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't handle the uh, being on at all times. And and really early on, I was I was fortunate enough to meet, you know, be around Coach Manny, and he kind of taught me that. He, I remember I've shared you with this story before, but I think it's really impactful is that he would when he when he was in the weight room, he was the alpha dog. He he ran that room. He was coach Manny like it was it was a persona man he had it he was juiced up he was going now I remember one day he went to shower and he goes in shower and usually he would leave but he had forgotten something so he comes like in the office and he's wearing um he's wearing uh penny loafers blue jeans yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, and
1: he was he was almost unrecognizable and (laughs) he looked like just Ken Manny and I and it took me back, and I just thought, wow, how incredible is it to be able to turn it on and then equally turn it off? Yeah. And you know, he was just he was just you know a, a husband and a father who was leaving work, and and for me that was an incredible that was an incredible moment in my life because I realized it took as much discipline turning it on as it does turning it off. Right. And I never had any issue turning it on. I could I can bring it, but turning it off and and being at peace of mind and, and then. The, having the discipline to be the husband and the father and, you know, the son that you're supposed to be, that takes an incredible amount of discipline and that's right. been learned. And, and there's times where I don't, there's times where I have a, you know, a racing mind. And I think a lot of times that habit teaching yourself habit and, and a routine to get yourself in,
0: in and out of that mindset. Really cool. Got it. Got it. Yeah, no, I can absolutely attest to that. Um, whether it's the five minutes in the car right on the way to work, that the, that's the only quiet you're going to get for the day or Maybe a podcast on the way home or a phone call to mom. Like, you got to find those things and you got to hold on to yep. it because, again, time is of the essence and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the end of the day, you have to be disciplined enough to make that stuff happen to keep that sanity and to keep yourself um, going. A question about that. So, um, okay. So that's one of the bigger challenges, obviously, the schedule and stuff. Let's talk about the positives real quick. You get so much enjoyment out of this job. Again, I was with you for the whole 2018 season. Um, the passion that you bring every, every single day, the authenticity, um, the knowledge, the love, just everything in general. like It's so evident and people gravitate towards you. And I can tell you just soak that stuff up every single day. So for you, again, that's an outsider's perspective, but for you, what are some of the bigger enjoyments um, and highs of this job? Because, again, I know you love it, but from your perspective, what do you love most about being a strength and conditioning coach?
1: uh that's a that's a really good question that i've been asked a lot recently and it, and it and it i come to two things one is obviously the impact you get to make on guys on, on, on young men like for me the, the the relationships you form are so awesome and, yep. and you you're at a time of, you're at a time in someone's life where they're 18 to 23 they're really trying to develop and become men and, and a lot of times you're inheriting when they come out of high school where they're the men and they're the guys and, and then you're they're getting, you know, punched metaphorically, obviously punched in the face. And, right, and, right. and so they have to kind of reform that, that, that of who they are and their value and, and you're there and you're kind of forming them and you're challenging them and you're teaching them, you know, values of hard work and toughness and discipline. And so for me, to kind of be on the front lines of that is really, really exciting. And I think like, I think any teacher and, and any, any person that, any coach, anyone that has kind of hands-on development, kind of experiences that and I, I'm, I'm i'm really blessed to do that i really enjoy that And then the second thing which has kind of come on more of late is is i think strength and conditioning challenges me to my core and it's something i'm really passionate about and for me what really excites me every day is is becoming elite at it The so the opportunity to kind of grow and develop and and find a task that demands the most of me a but b also drives me to become the best wow. I can't be at it. And, and for me, that's, that's kind of been driving me really recently is, is, and I, I just recently identified that as I love working it because I'm passionate about it, but B it demands the most of me. And I know that I want to see it through to become the best strength coach, the best coach I can possibly be. And for that, wow. that really drives me. That really pushes me.
0: That's really cool. That's so cool. And I was just talking about uh, with Jane about this the other day and how, fortunate you know people like myself and you we're doing these separate things whether for me right now it's this podcast the website and my work or you with your job obviously and how we've found these things that drive us and they wake us up and they make us want to be better and it's a challenge every single day it's not easy it's hard and that's the whole point like and i know I talk to some people every single day and it's like, you know, I, John, I really haven't found that yet. And I'm so empathetic towards that. Like it, it's hard for me cause I can't necessarily relate to it, but I can only imagine like if I was on the other side of that and I was in their shoes and I really hadn't found that. And like to just, I, I don't really know any other way. And I know you feel the same way. So like to me, I just see that as such a blessing, but also such a big responsibility that we have been blessed with seeing the right things and experiencing the right things and being around the right people growing up all the way back from God knows when from parents to coaches, high school, whatever, that we've been a lot of this blessing, but also the responsibility to now shed light with these, you know, this type of perspective that this stuff is out there for others. And not only that it's out there, but you can find it and you find it through different things. But at the end of the day, like we've found that stuff and that's so cool. And I know you feel the same way. And like, I just feel overwhelmingly blessed and responsible to then kind of shed light and make others aware of that stuff because um, it's out there. It's out there. I promise you, but you have to seek it. And for whatever reason, I guess we've kind of been blessed with the opportunity to kind of find it early on. Um, but I don't know. Like, what, what, what do you think about that? Like, I know I've mentioned that to you before, like how, we're in these different situations. But to me, like, it's a responsibility to be at your best because you have found what you want to do and you know what you're good at. So like, do you see it as a responsibility, a blessing? Like what's your kind of angle um, on that perspective?
1: That's really good. insight, John. Um, uh, that's really hard. Cause it, it is hard. I think it's hard for guys like you and I to, to, to look at people that maybe haven't found their passion and then, ask why haven't you found your passion how can you find your passion i don't really know how to find a passion
0: i've always been very
1: passionate i've been very blessed to be involved with my passion yeah
0: um
1: i i I think a lot of it is i think a lot of it's fear-based you know i I think a lot of it isn't and that's what i admire my wife kelsey about is is she, she 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 you know didn't really know what she wanted to do so she tried teaching and she got her she got her you know master's in teaching and then it w- wasn't a great fit so she went higher education and then she you know she's she's searching and she's constantly looking and yeah. and I, I, you know I, I I applaud that I applaud that of no pursuit of passion no and doubt. I think that's the biggest thing because who knows like who knows if if her passion is her job which she really really loves she really is enjoying you know higher higher ed and uh, advising like she loves that like right. is that her passion i don't know is, is her passion going to be when she's 65 years old and she looks back in her life and realizes that being a mother was a, a passion of hers who knows i don't know but i think that constant pursuit
0: of passion and not settling yeah. i think that's
1: where the real courage
0: is god that's so true that's so true and that and those are the inspiring people to me it's like they're still swinging like they haven't found it it's all good it's not not throwing up my hands and accepting it but still swinging and trying and going And like damn dude like that's so cool and that's so Mm. enriching and like those are the people i want to be around like i don't care what it is it could be you know whatever but like that that's the vibe that's the move and that, that that's that you just hit the nail on the head right there that's Oh, you got me going. Yes, that's perfect. Okay, um, all right. That, that's I know you got to roll here in a little bit. So, Nick, I, I want to touch on two more things because again, my experience with you has been immense. I've learned so much from you. But I think um, amongst all those things, these two things have been the uh, some, some of the biggest I learned from you. So, number one, I want you to touch on your definition of love that you shared with me a few years ago, um, because I think when I heard this, it allowed me to be a better lover. It allowed me to be better in different realms that I wasn't necessarily being better in that I needed to be in. Um, but just this simple definition that you offer, that you gave, quite literally changed my whole perspective and my angle on what love is. So I think if you could share that with others, I think there's at least one person out there that feels the same way that I feel about the definition that I think will be so profound and so valuable. So if you could share that with us, I'm not going to accept that as my own because it most certainly is not. Provide that to us because cool. it's extremely powerful.
1: Uh well I hope I hope I'm getting this right. I hope I can remember how I phrased that to you cuz uh, I have faith. Come on. Give it to me. I have faith. <laughs> uh but I I think people commonly confuse kindness and love. And I think I think people think love, I think people think love is uh uh is being nice to people. is as reaffirming what they believe. And and I think love it couldn't be further from the truth. I think love is is to demand, to, to challenge, to enforce the person to be the best they can be. Yeah. And I think that's a, upholding people to a standard, to the standard that they, you know they can meet. And I think, I think that's what true love is. I don't think love is kindness. I think love is, 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 is using yourself to help them be the best they can be exactly. and, and, and using yourself as a way to reinforce that. Right. Um, and, and that can be expressed in a lot of different ways. But I think, I think true love is – I think true love is, is supporting and demanding all at once.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's perfect. And I, you know, what I remember you quoting it is, and, and again, this, this is why I think it really with me is when you're loving somebody, also yourself, this could very much be for yourself too, but love is being what the other person needs you to be, not what they want you to be. So, mm. you know, it, it, maybe someone needs a kick in the ass. Well, you got to give it to them. Like you, you, you don't yeah. want to do that, but for their betterment, You know in the end they need that at this point in time, so you got to kick them. You got to do it. You got to do it. Maybe they need a hug. They don't want a hug, but they need one. They want to be tough. They want to kind of grind through. Well, maybe no. You know, as a lover and as a person of influence or whatever, they need to take a step back. and They need a hug. They need someone to talk to. Maybe they need that at that point in time, but it's on you to have the self-awareness and the social awareness to identify what that love is and what it looks like in that moment for that person or maybe yourself and being that. And if you can be that consistently for yourself and for others, like that's it. That's life. Like that, that, that's, that's what coaching is. That's what parenting is. That's what being a friend is. That's what being a husband or a father or what, like that's it. That's it. So like when you said that, I don't know, man, like be what they need you to be, not what they want you to be or what you want to be for them, but what they need. And that takes love. That takes connection. That takes friendship that needs relationship. But if you can be that, like, wow, like, like, like that's it. Like that, that like game over, game over. So, um, and you taught me that you taught me that. So that's on you. Listen <laughs> oh, to this okay. guy. That's really good, man. This <laughs> guy needs a podcast. Who you the hell am I? Who the hell is my, who the hell am I? This guy needs a podcast. Who the hell? Oh, you said that. Holy cow, man. <laughs> All <laughs> right. And then, and then secondly, last thing before I ask you my last question, you're unique. Um, definition of toughness. And I, I, I and I know you know this one because you're very fine. Definition of toughness. What is that? What does it look like for you? What do you think that looks like? Um, give it to us because this is profound. Oh
1: man, definition of toughness. It's come on. We we we. Definition of toughness for me is, man, it's so it's so it's so abstract, but it's so concrete at once. It, for me, it's really it's the application of focus no matter the situation. And exactly. to be honest, it's, it's, toughness is really the ability, it's consistency, it's, yep. it's the ability to be at your very best when your best is needed and, it, yep. and, it, and, it, and, it's, and for me that's, that's toughness. Like I, 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 I love being surrounded by people who are the same thing, who can, who can bring their best no matter the situation. They can yep. apply that focus and they, they can bring their very best no matter the situation or the environment. Or the circumstance. Yep. I think those are those are the people that I'm just attracted to. I love. I love consistency. I love being able to control your mentality and and, ha- and and being your best every day. Like, I admire those people. Those are the people I want to follow.
0: Yep. Straight up. The consistency factor is what always got me. Is No matter what the situation, no matter what environment, whatever, being that same person every single day. And if you can do that, that's tough. It's not fighting somebody. It's not lifting a lot of weight. Like, that's not it. It's not it. That can be a factor. No. But no, like. No, be consistent. If you can be consistent, no matter what, bang! I'm rocking with you. I I I can roll with that totally. every single day. No totally. question. No question. I, it, it's
1: so big. We I know we've talked about this before, John. But it's it's for me that consistency point is it's it's what I follow. It's what I because if if I if I can't trust you to be control yourself consistently, if I can't trust you to control your emotions. And I, I don't really want to follow you because I, I right. there's nothing I feel like I can gain from you because if you can't control who you are and and the energy that you're bringing or the attitude that you're bringing, if you can't control yourself, then how are you going to impact other people? Yep. How are you going to, for me, how are you going to coach? How are you going to influence others when you can't even control yourself? Yep. And I think that's what coaching. Is so that's what's so valuable about coaching. That's what's so invaluable about life is, is people want to make an impact. Well, but you can't, if you can't control yourself, if you can't, if you can't start with getting yourself right, then how are you going to impact the world? And I think that's, that's what coaching's done for me is it's, it's made me really evaluate myself on a daily basis. I'm not at my best. My ability to impact others and coach to my full potential is completely sacrificed. so It's a daily process of getting myself right, getting myself to that consistent mindset or else I'm not good at my job. I'm not a good husband. I'm, I'm not right and, and, yep. I, and I know it and yep. I know it and I and I and it comes off as artificial then you lose that authenticity
0: so yep straight up I love it and and if you can't be that to me like even maybe a simpler mindset about it, if you can't be how can you expect your players or the fellow coaches to be that so like yeah. if, if you're asking for a consistency like damn dude you better sure as hell be it too and if you can't do then yeah. hey then don't ask of it it's all good but don't be the guy who wants it but can't uh, provide it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, no question. No question. No question, Nick. Um, all right, dude. Then last question. I I, I want to end on this, um, again, kind of put the ball back in your court, um, and get your perspective on this. So we're talking 50, 60, 70, 80 years from now, coach Nico Palazzetti is dead and gone. Your time has come. See you later, coach Nico. I appreciate you. Love you. All good. But the influence that you made in this world and the people around you, your community, your teams, all of that, um, that impact is still present. And people are still talking about you and that impact. So at that point in time, when you are gone, but your impact is still here, what do you want people to say about you and that impact at that point in time?
1: That's a great question. Holy cow. Um,
0: I know you got a good answer. Come on.
1: Yeah. I think I think what I really want to be known for is, is just someone that really cared. I think it's very simple. And I think I, if if I can be someone that had integrity, someone that 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 acted in a manner that was authentic and and meant what he said and said what he did and or did what he said.
0: Yeah.
1: And and really really cared about people. Yeah. So I, I so I'm, I'm talking out loud. I'm thinking out loud. Let me let me come <laughs> to a, let me come to a uh a finite answer here, because that's a really deep question. I could take about three hours to answer. Um, yeah. No, take your time, I, dude. I think what I what I really what I really would would I would love my legacy to be something very simple, but very very powerful to the fact of that he cared about people. And yep. He cared, and he, and he and he, and, he, and he invested himself in others, and he acted with yep. integrity. Yep. If I could, if someone says that about me i'll be i'll be all right i don't really care i could be i could be whatever you needed me to be but if, no if i if you, if you felt like i if i generally cared about you and and i acted in a way that was yep. real authentic and had integrity then i feel like i did
0: okay and that's it no that's perfect and it's not the championships or the, the weight lift to that, that that's all the tangibles but it's the intangible and if you can make people feel some type of way like that then there it is my dog there it is um well, Nick, that's all I got for you, man. I know we could talk all day, but uh, you know what? I know your head's spinning. Um, things are going on right now, and you're, you're you're crazy busy. But I really appreciate you taking the time, and and even more so, I appreciate you and what you taught me along the way. And um, only good things from here. Only only on the way up from here. And. Um, the Cleansing Tigers are on the clock for the Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> coming up in a few weeks. So get them boys right out. I know you, you, uh, you most assuredly will, but um, no, dude, I, I love you very much. I appreciate you, and uh, I can't wait to see what's in store. So appreciate you, dude. Humble to
1: honor, John. Thanks so much for the opportunity, man.
0: Absolutely. And to everybody else out there, that's going to wrap up another week on the Coach Cool podcast. And I'm all geeked up right now, and I hope you guys are too after hearing that. And it's Friday when you're hearing this stuff. So as you go into the weekend, seek your conversation like such. Maybe it's your parents, your friends, your, your whoever, your coworkers. Um, but have this stuff because it's important. And um, not only the conversation piece, but the, the amount of thinking and the amount of dissection and the amount of introspection that happens, I think, is powerful. And that's what kind of leapfrogs you into the future um, in a much more positive way than otherwise found. So um, I encourage you guys to have this stuff. Um, Find a challenge or two along the way. Get your butt outside and sweat a little bit as well. And uh, I can't wait to be back here on Monday with you guys. So um, have a great one. God bless. Coach Coob. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and just listening to the podcast in general. It means the absolute world to me that you guys choose to take time out of your day and your busy lives to listen to me and the perspectives that I offer and the challenges that I give out. And the conversations with the guests that I have on this show. And I very much hope it's bringing some sort of value into your life and you're finding benefit from these conversations and from these perspectives. And if you are one of those people, whether you've listened once or you've listened to all the episodes, um, I'm going to ask you right now if you feel so compelled to leave a rating and to leave a review. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you choose to listen to this show. Um, I would very much appreciate that because that's how growth happens. That's how I can continue to learn and um, understand this thing from your guys' ears, not just my mouth, but make this thing more of a two-way street. And the more ratings and the more reviews we get, the bigger growth we can find and the more people we can reach with this thing as well. So, um, again, if you feel so compelled, if you feel like this thing has brought value, I would very much appreciate that. Okay, um, But with that, I'm going to leave you guys for the day. And as always, I really, really appreciate you guys. And God bless. Coach Coop.